Hello and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 56. Thanks for listening. Welcome back everybody. It's another week and another game. We're doing it again, but first, the news. Some sad news to report this week. Probably a lot of you have seen this already, but unfortunately we learned that the creator of Pac-Man whose name I'm going to horribly butcher here, Masaya Nakamura, passed away. Nakamura founded the Japanese video game company of uh, Namco, of course, which created iconic Pac-Man. Everybody who ever played video games knows what Pac-Man is. Hell, even if you never played video games, you know what Pac-Man is. It was that much of a fixture. You know, before Mario... Before, what, Sonic, you know, Mortal Kombat, any of those guys, there was Pac-Man. It set the standard by which, in one way or another, probably every game has been has been compared since. Nakamura was 91 when he passed away on January 22nd. He founded Namco uh, in 1955. Um, it started out as sort of a one-man operation at a department store and blossomed into a pioneer of... Ar- arcade games and amusement parks. Bandai Namco was formed in 2005 from a merger of two different game companies. Pac-Man, designed by Namco engineer and video game maker Toru Iwatani, whose name I'm definitely sure that I messed up, went on sale in 1980. You know, this was still in the early days of home video games. There weren't a whole lot of rivals. Space Invaders was out there, but not a whole lot else, you know, as far as even arcade games. So Pac-Man kind of stood out. The article I'm looking at estimates that the games have been played more than 10 billion times, and the Guinness World uh, Record people have named it the world's most successful coin-operated arcade game. The idea for the design of Pac-Man, according to this article, came from the image of a pizza with a slice carved out. Nakamura reportedly chose the word Pac, or Paku, in Japanese to represent the sound of the Pac-Man munching its prey. The designer, uh, Iwatani, uh, was quoted in 2015 at the uh, red carpet premiere of Pixels. I still have this idea in the back of my head of getting a bunch of retro gaming podcasters together on Skype or something to do a a commentary for Pixels. Maybe that'll happen someday. But Iwatani was quoted at the red carpet premiere of Pixels as saying, Pac-Man is a gamer-friendly game with tons of cute characters, and that's why it was loved for such a long time. The game started out as an arcade game and then was first played on the Nintendo family computer home console and has since been adapted for cell phones, PlayStation, and Xbox formats. Uh, Namco had other hits, of course. Uh, A game called Ridge Racer, which I've never heard of, and some drumming game that apparently was a hit, but this article doesn't even bother to say what the title of the game is. If any of you know what game that drumming game from Namco is, uh, let me know. Nakamura sort of led the way for the company's growth, He was proud of the fact that his company delivered varied and total entertainment. He took pride in having fun and games for his job. Uh, Namco actually is the uh, entity that announced Nakamura had passed away, but they did not want to comment on the cause of his death. Presumably, we can kind of guess. He was 91. Um, I'm assuming it was just, you know, his time. Bodies wear out. Wearing a bit thin, as the war doctor says in Day of the Doctor crossing my nerddoms uh, for purposes of that example. 
A private wake and funeral were held for Nakamura for the family, uh, and a separate memorial was being planned uh, by Namco. So I'm sure we'll hear more about that, and if I see something on that, I will let you know. More sad news for nerds this week. Peter Capaldi has announced that he is leaving Doctor Who at the end of season 10, series 10. Series 10 gets underway in April, and he will be here, obviously, for that whole season. And the Christmas special on, obviously, Christmas Day 2017. But at that time, he will regenerate into a new Doctor. Uh, and already, of course, the speculation has run rampant over who that new Doctor will be. There is a tad bit of controversy here. Some rumors that Capaldi, who for a long time had been sort of saying that he wasn't sure if he was going to stay after Stephen Moffat leaves the show, uh, because Moffat's also hanging up uh, his smock uh, as showrunner at the end of series 10. You know, he would occasionally say, well, I don't know if I'm going to stay or not. But then the more time went by, he made it clear that he intended, presumably, to stick around for a while at least. And then all of a sudden he came out and said, no, nope, I'm going to go. So there's been some speculation that the BBC kind of maybe tacitly pushed him out because they're concerned that the ratings are not quite as high as they were during the David Tennant, Matt Smith years. And Capaldi, frankly, is not as young and dashing as they were. No no one knows if any of that's true or not. I'm sad to see him go. Uh, he's sort of my doctor, at least for the modern era of Doctor Who. Uh, I like him. Uh, I like what he's done with the character. I would have been curious to see what where the character could go with a new showrunner and a new vision of, of the show. But apparently we're not going to get that. So for you nerds who cross-pollinate your nerddom, uh, it's a, been a sad week for all of you, and I feel your pain. A little bit of happy news to round out the news segment. Happy, I guess, unless, you know, mortality is a worry for you. Um, I just found out that Wayne's World, the iconic movie of Mike Myers and Dana Carvey, that was the adaptation of the long-running Saturday Night Live sketch about the uh, two dorks who uh, do a cable access show in Wayne's basement. The movie of that, which was a huge hit at the time it came out, is 25 years old quarter of a century ago that movie came out. I remember seeing that movie in a theater, which really was the best way to see it, with a crowd of other college kids, uh, in my case. I was in college at the time. I had a couple of friends, and we kind of stayed in contact over the summer, and we made each other wait until the school year started back at college so that we could go see the movie together. Um, that's how big a deal it was. And now it's been 25 years since that happened, and I feel really flippin' old. So, you know, excuse me, uh, baking powder, but I do. So if any of you have any wistfulness or fond memories of Wayne's World, they should have made a Wayne's World Atari game. I guess this, obviously this was kind of after the heyday of Atari. But was there ever uh, any sort of Wayne's World video game, I wonder? I guess I could ask the internet, but I'm lazy. So we'll just leave it there. That's enough depressing news for one week. Let's move on to this week's game. Chopper Command by Activision. 1982. Chopper Command 
you can tell from the title without knowing anything else about the game, centers around helicopters, right? Just nod along if you're not sure. A helicopter, for those of you who are really out of it, is a type of rotor craft in which lift and thrust are supplied by rotors. This allows the helicopter to take off and land vertically, to hover, and to fly forward, backward, and laterally. These attributes allow helicopters to be used in congested or isolated areas where fixed-wing aircraft and many forms of vertical takeoff and landing aircraft cannot perform. The English word helicopter is adapted from a French word that I'm not going to try to pronounce, coined by, oh boy, Gustave Ponton de Americo in 1861, uh, which originates from the Greek helix, or helix spiral world convolution, and pteron, which means wing. English language nicknames for helicopter include chopper, copter, helo, heli, and whirlybird. The helicopters were developed and built during the first half century of flight, with the Fock Wolf FW-61 being the first operational helicopter in 1936. It wasn't until 1942 that a helicopter designed by Igor Sikorsky reached full-scale production with 131 aircraft built. The earliest references for vertical flight came from China. Since around 400 BC, Chinese children have played with bamboo flying toys, uh, and the bamboo topter is spun by rolling a stick attached to a rotor. The spinning creates lift, and the toy flies when released. In the 18th and early 19th century, Western scientists developed flying machines based on the Chinese toy. It was not until the early 1480s when Leonardo da Vinci created a design for a machine that could be described as an aerial screw that any recorded advancement was made toward vertical flight. And I think we can all agree, it was just a small leap from da Vinci to me sitting in my 21st century living room playing an Atari game featuring helicopters blowing stuff up. That's how history works, kids. So, Chopper Command, like I said, is an Activision game. We love us some Activision games around here. As I look at the manual, we're told, your first mission? Don't worry, everyone gets a little nervous. Just make sure you carefully read the instruction manual first. You'll be dealing with some very sophisticated equipment and an extremely tricky enemy. So good luck. The guys on the ground are counting on you. Whoa. Way to ease up on the pressure, Activision. Jeez. The object of the game is to accumulate as many points as possible by knocking out enemy aircraft while protecting yourself and your truck convoys of, at the same time. Using the joystick for this one, solo player uses left joystick. Set both difficulty switches to B to begin. Switches in this position will cause fast, continuous fire from your chopper when the red button is depressed. Set switches in A position for slower, continuous fire. As I think about this, I believe in the field report, I have the switch set at A. Because uh, obviously I didn't pay that much attention to that part of the manual before I played. Game 1 is a one-player cadet level game. Game 2 is a two-player cadet level game. Game 3 is the commander level one-player and game four is the commander level two player. Joystick controller is held with the red button in the upper left position. I'm totally going to have someone write me a jingle for that. Special features of Chopper Command by Activision. The long range scanner at the bottom of the screen will enable you to detect both approaching truck convoys, friendly, and enemy aircraft well ahead of time. The truck convoys appear as white blips on the very bottom of the scanner, while enemy aircraft appear as white blips above the convoy. Your helicopter gunship is the black dot. You can calculate that the area represented on the long-range scanner is roughly 5 miles, while the area portrayed on the large screen is about 1 mile. Okay, here's the thing. Full disclosure here, tonight was the first time I've ever actually played this game. Uh, I picked it up recently at a flea market, popped it in to see if it actually worked. 
but I had never really actually played it until tonight. My little bit of experience with this game is you don't have time to be staring at that little scanner thing because the stuff is flying at you. You just have to shoot it. So uh, the scanner doesn't do a whole lot for me. But it's there if you want it. Likewise, you know, I think there's a scanner thing in like Defender, which this game looks to me a lot like, except it's on Earth instead of in outer space. And I don't use the little scanner thing in Defender either. The other special feature of Chopper Command is there are increasing levels of intensity. Each level will start with a wave of 12 enemy ships and 12 trucks in your convoy. There are 10 waves of enemy attackers, with each wave being faster than the one before. Take care, enemy aircraft fire multi-warhead missiles, which will split in two after being launched from their aircraft. These missiles can destroy both your helicopter and the trucks below, and since you cannot shoot the missiles down, you must dodge them. We're also told that you have an unlimited supply of ammunition, so go ahead and blank the sky with your laser cannons. Each time you shoot down an enemy helicopter, you earn 100 points. For every enemy jet you shoot down, you'll be credited with 200 points. Should you wipe out an entire wave of hostile aircraft, you will receive a bonus calculated by multiplying the number of trucks remaining in the convoy times the wave number achieved, 1 through 10, times 100. You have helicopter reserves. You start the game with three choppers in your fleet. For every 10,000 points you score, an extra helicopter will be added to your squadron, up to a maximum of six. The number of extra choppers appears under the score. Get in the feel of Chopper Command by Activision. You'll be amazed how responsive your chopper is to the slightest movements of the joystick. Pushing the joystick up will cause your helicopter to climb. Pulling it back will make your craft descend. Right or left movements will guide your gunship's horizontal motion. After flying in one direction, pushing the joystick in the opposite direction will cause an immediate 180 turn, and it may also cause you to barf. At least that's what would happen to me if I was in a helicopter and it did an immediate 180 turn. I don't remember for sure, but I'm guessing when this game came out in 1982, in the box, there was an airsick bag. Go ahead, look it up. I bet Atari Age has an article about it. Notice also that your chopper drifts slightly after pivoting 180 degrees. This should be helpful in better timing your shots. Your chopper can hover close to the ground, but be careful not to collide with your convoy. You'll destroy the helicopter and a truck. Remember, don't be too aggressive at first. Keep your chopper on the left side of the screen facing right and size up the situation. This will give you time to better recognize enemy tactics. Then, when you feel more confident, you can seek out the enemy and get them before they get to you or your trucks. The long-range scanner is a very useful tool. However, you'll have to keep your eyes on the larger video screen and the scanner at the same time. Or, if you're me, no you don't. Watching one and not the other could be dangerous. That's me. Danger man. Don't forget, the long-range scanner is for estimating the positions of enemy aircraft and not for lining up shots. You cannot hit the enemy unless you can see them on the larger screen. Join the Activision Commandos! If you reach a score of 10,000 points or more, on the cadet level, you will be eligible to join the prestigious organization. Just send us a picture of your TV screen and we'll present you with a special commandos emblem. If anyone has a special commandos emblem, uh, I would like to see it. As I've noted many times on this show, I never got any of the emblems that these different games offered when I was a kid. And I suspect if I asked for them now, they would laugh at me. And I am very delicate, so I don't want to be laughed at. Next, we have some tips from Bob Whitehead, designer of Chopper Command. How to become a commando at Chopper Command by Activision. Bob Whitehead is a senior designer at Activision. Before creating Chopper Command, Bob designed boxing, skiing, and stampede for Activision. As you'll soon discover, he says, Chopper Command takes quick reflexes and keen coordination. However, there is a strategic side to the game as well. For example, 
Your truck convoys will always travel from the right to the left, and so will the enemy formations. Knowing this, you can position yourself at the left side of the screen and start firing as soon as the enemy aircraft appear. This is important because your helicopter's chances of being hit by a multi-warhead missile increase the closer the enemy aircraft get. The enemy pilots are real kamikazes, too, and they'll collide with you if they can't shoot you down. Good luck. I hope you have as much fun playing Chopper Command as I had designing it. God bless. Bob Whitehead. P.S. Drop me a line. I'd sure like to hear how our guys are doing at the front. Thanks, Bob. I think when I'm done recording tonight, I'm going to write Bob Whitehead a letter. Just see if he answers me. Alright, so that's how you play Chopper Command. The internet tells us that Chopper Command was released in June of 1982 uh, for the Atari 2600. It is sometimes referred to as Defender in the Desert. Chopper Command can be found on the Activision Anthology for Game Boy Advance. Chopper Command was made available on Microsoft's Game Room service for Xbox 360 and Microsoft Windows in June 2010. The game won Best Action Video Game at the 4th Annual Archie Awards. And now you know. So I think it's time that we climb into the cockpit and uh, strap on the airsick bag and see what damage we can do. So during the suspense-filled break, we're going to go looking for some airsick bags. And after the break, we're going to check out the contents. Um, I mean of the game. Yeah, that's what I meant. Growing up in the 70s and 80s, pretty much every TV show, every action-adventure TV show had a scene, almost weekly, where the hero would run and jump and catch the skids of a helicopter where the bad guy was trying to escape or something. In my backyard, we had a set of monkey bars with a swing and some other stuff attached to it. And a lot of times I would try to recreate those things my heroes did on TV by starting at the back door and running across the yard before leaping up into the air to catch on to the monkey bars, uh, which I was pretending were you know, was the skids of a helicopter. As far as I can tell, that ability is the only thing missing from Chopper Command. But wait, does it have to? Maybe I can recreate that right now. Okay, here I go. Ow. Chopper Command is a pretty good-looking game. It, even though it's not set in outer space, it looks to me a lot like Defender. I guess because of the pattern of the way that uh, the enemies are coming coming at you, and your helicopter moves across the screen, and then the rapid-fire uh, streaks of laser. The sound isn't Defender sound, though. I can't quite place it. I know it from another game, but I can't place which one it is. Um, the desert scene is nice. Activision uh, did the uh, cool-looking sunset, or sunrise, or whatever it is, uh, as they frequently do. I think, was it Pitfall 2? Has a really cool uh, sunrise also. Oh, just hold still so I can blast you. Alright. Next wave. Oops. One helicopter left. Oops. That's the end of that helicopter.
Alright, back to you in the studio. So chopper command is actually pretty fun. Like I said earlier, this is the first time I've ever actually played it. Uh, the little bit that I played around with it tonight. But I can definitely see coming back to it and playing it some more. I don't really have any real criticisms. It looks good. The items in the game are well represented graphically. The helicopter and the jets and the truck convoys and sort of the desert scene, the, the sunrise or sunset, I'm not sure, in the background all look really good. The play is good. You know, the, the controls work fine. I, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I kind of wish I did. If any of you has anything bad to say about this game, let me know. But, as always, we did never take a game at face value. We always want to know, what's the backstory? What's going on behind the scenes in this game? Well, as always, I have the answer. Belinda, age 15, idly wondered if she jumped out of the helicopter, would she have time to text Mandy and get back to response before she landed in the arms of a gorgeous firefighter who surely would be waiting to catch her below. Kiss my patootie, she'd write. That'd be short enough, she thought. Their pilot today, Ted, or Fred, or was it Angus? Whatever. He was an old dude, maybe like 40. He had hair in his ears and smelled like Belinda's brother Blaine's laundry bag when he came home from college. There was no way that he could, like, stop her from jumping out, could he? Belinda's parents made disturbing cooing noises as they looked out the uh, other side window down at the begonias below. Belinda went on ignoring them. Of course, autocorrect would probably get hung up on her using the word patootie. She could be kissing concrete while her phone was still hung up on trying to correct patootie to say Ptolemy or Potomac or something. While Belinda was considering all this, the first blast exploded on Belinda's parents' side of the helicopter. I knew paying extra for the deluxe package was worth it, her mom said. They thought the blast was fireworks. Yeah, Dad said. I thought the souvenir begonia underwear hanger was cool enough. Bonus, Belinda wasn't a Marvel Comics fan. Or any comics fan. Even though her friend Savannah swore that the new run of Guardians was way better, blah blah blah. But she knew who the Hulk was. And as more laser blasts rocked the copter and more big, ugly helicopters appeared in the sky, Angus, that was his name, right? Angus? Seemed to change. His flab got all muscly. And Belinda was pretty sure she heard him growl. Although that might have just been an intestinal thing. And where'd he get those shades? They look like the really expensive ones she'd seen at the sunglass hut back home. Anyway, Angus started doing all these weird maneuvers. This all went really fast, but Belinda thinks they might have done a barrel roll at one point. Who knew helicopters could do that? And who also knew that the helicopter from the Up, Up, and Pay to Go Away helicopter rental service came armed with laser cannons? No way her parents could get her involved in something this cool. Belinda tried to text Mandy about all this weird crap, only with all the texting shortcuts and abbreviations, she had no idea what she actually typed. Mom and Dad barked a lot. Pretty sure at one point they had sort of this double-barreled machine gun fire puking thing going on. The hurling actually seemed timed to the blast of Angus's la lasers. It was gross and cool at the same time. Finally, the helicopters were dispatched and everything was quiet, save for the sound of the rotor spinning overhead. Angus set the chopper down. Mom and Dad demanded a refund. What was that? they asked. Oh, you know. The 
creepily polite lady at the front desk of the rental agency said, Evil, invading, death helicopters just happen sometimes. Your rental agreement clearly states acts of God are an exception to the refund policy. It ended up the chopper place did offer Belinda's parents a second underwear hanger instead, and they seemed happy with that. They even posted a good Yelp review. Before they left, Angus handed his sunglasses to Belinda. Keep them, kid, he said. I've seen all I need to. They want to come at me again? I'll just smell them coming. Then Angus strutted away, movie starlight, ear hair flowing in the wind. Best summer vacation ever. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Intompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, including Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and, of course, iTunes, where you should fire up the uh, Huey. I think at one point choppers were called Hueys, right? Fire up the Huey and zip on over to leave us a review. You can also support the show financially at the Atari Bytes Patreon page and by picking up Atari Bytes merchandise at Zazzle.com, including brand new Go Play Some Old Games, They've Missed You t-shirts and mugs. Go check them out. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the Atari Bytes Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And don't forget to check out my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, for all your animated Peanuts gang needs. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month. Next time on Atari Bytes. Star Fox, yet another game that I know absolutely nothing about. This should be interesting. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.